Martin banks it off. Sutter is up with it there. Right around the front. Live in the entertainment capital of the world. Leading goal scorer on the team. Drew one in front. It's the T.C. Martin Show. A tie game on the power play. Hodgson was at the front of the net. They are even. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor. A power play goal by the captain. T.C. Martin. It's brushed on back by Richard Fartzell. Right up front. Younger finish side of the net. Is now in. And a good Wednesday afternoon to you. Middle of the work week, hump day. TC Martin with you. Glad to have you with us. Hitting football hard again today on the college side and the NFL side. You know, we got our pros. Steve Berline will join us from CBS. We'll talk Raiders. We'll talk NFL. We'll talk about week 15 finally coming uh, to an end after we we'll see how many days we started this football on what, Thursday. Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, five, five days. Oh, then we got to get back uh, to it again here coming up tomorrow night. Niners and Titans. All right, so we'll talk some football NFL style. Steve Berline will join us. Trevor Maddich will join us also next hour. We talk a little college football playoff. Uh, NCAA coming down today with uh, some some new COVID rules and guidelines. Will we even maybe have a college football playoff? forfeitures coming into play there. So we'll talk to Trevor Maddich, the 15-time Emmy Award winner from ESPN. We'll get his thoughts on that and a whole lot more. Plus, UNLV back in action tonight at home. That'll be their final non-conference game. Appreciate Kevin Kruger for joining us the other day. That interview up on the website at tcmartinshow.com. And tonight, it's UNLV taking on San Diego out of the WCC. So we'll see what the Rebels are made out of. Uh, Previous game against WCC, they lost at USF. Gets a big seven-footers old squad. Got drilled in that game a couple weeks ago. So we'll see if the Rebels can get a victory before they start Mount West Conference play. All right, so a lot to cover, a lot to hit on today. My guy Brian Blessing is hanging around. He's kind enough to hang around after doing about four hours of nonstop sports talk. Uh, he's, got, he's got the ventilator in here. I said I'm not going to keep him too long. But uh, <laughs> what's going on, brother? Uh, this this stuff is insane. Yeah. I mean, I'm, you know, you're watching The Wire every two minutes, it's – what coach, what player, what team, we're, you know, we're back in this whirlpool of stupidity. Yeah, and the NHL front and center with this. So the NHL announcing today they are going to take a pause until after Christmas. Uh, a lot of teams didn't play last night, but the Golden Knights played with Tampa Bay. Why did the Golden Knights end up playing that game last night? Well, Tampa had been here since Sunday. And they were okay coming in, basically. Vegas had come home from the Eastern Road Swing, and prior to yesterday morning, they were okay. And then Petrangelo and Dodonov, the morning of the game, and Cooper, the head coach on the other side, the day of the game, they didn't go. That being said, if you say, why did they play that game yesterday, would be, well, why did they play in New York? Because... They had come out of Boston and had been exposed to whatever that had eventually had started or emanated in Calgary. And then they're sitting there, and the Rangers are coming home from Arizona. And Arizona had an outbreak the day before the Rangers got home. So 
both teams basically, I think Tampa say, hey, we're here. Let's do this. Let's play it. We don't pay the piper down the road. The bottom line is, TC, you got 130 guys now are currently in COVID protocol in the NHL. Now, if two guys from the Golden Knights got it yesterday, not wishing ill will on anyone, but common sense would say to you, we're not going to see these guys again until, I guess, Sunday they come back and test. But they're off through Christmas. They're supposed to play Monday. I mean, it's just what everything you just Mm -hmm. talked about. We're watching the news. We're surrounded by it. If Petrangelo and Dodonov come down with this thing yesterday, how many more Golden Knights have this by the weekend? Yeah. And then how long are they out? So I think it's wildly optimistic from the NHL that they're going to come back Monday. I think some games may, some games won't. But they've got the three-week window now because they're not doing the Olympics. Right, and there's the other news. So the Golden Knights played Tampa last night. Great game, by the way. We'll get to that in a minute. But nine games postponed yesterday. The Golden Knights and and the Tampa Bay Lightning, the only game that that played – the day before, four games postponed. There was the one game that was played. Three of the four were postponed yesterday. Yeah. And then I, I was well, at so five. Talking, yeah. so the day ye- before, ye- the whole so, slate was. Well, yesterday, nine games postponed. The day before, I only four, four games. I believe only four. I believe four yeah. were scheduled yesterday. I'm going back. And uh, Washington, Philly was postponed yeah. early in the morning. Yeah, the twenty, the twenty first, which was yesterday. Yeah, you know, nine games were on the docket. Oh, oh, okay. Nine oh, games were postponed. I, I, my apologies. Yeah. Okay. There yeah. were the four, day before. There were four. four that were listed. Right. They, they were late postponements. The others were when teams it, were shut down. Right. My apologies. Yeah. yeah. No, no but, worries. But as of yesterday, they postponed the Washington Philly mm-hmm. game in the morning, which left Vegas the only game. Right. And yeah. today. Uh, four games were originally on the docket for today. They're gone, and like you said, they're not going to come back. The NHL is not going to come back. So, uh, do do we think? I know we, we none of us have a crystal ball here. Do we think that things are going to be better next week, where we're all of a sudden going to get back to to uh, a full schedule here? Or is this? this oh, is, full, I, yeah. I can't see any way that there aren't some teams still mired in this, and it, it will be a thing. For the foreseeable future. The thing we're all watching for is how this NFL implementation of their rules plays out. Where if a guy's asymptomatic, go play. And the NHL went from testing every three days. They're going to go now to every day. They've got to get their act together. And here's the real problem. The real problem with the NHL. The Armageddon scenario is... What's going to go down in Canada? Because they've already shut down Quebec, 50% fan occupancy in Ontario. They've been a lot more stringent than we've been. Oh, yeah. you know, we've been stringent, but they've taken no, they've it to another down. level. Yeah. If they do something with the border again, what does this league do? Mm-hmm. I mean, do you bring, I guess, it's, do you bring back the Canadian division and like, Okay, all the points you got now, you keep the points, but now we're going to move the chess pieces all over the map. It's not an insane thought, because what happens if that border closes? Yeah. And the the crazy thing is the testing up there is a gong show. I don't know if you – I had said it on my show. I heard this. I almost fell over. I couldn't believe the story. Buffalo played up in uh, Winnipeg, and literally they were just like, we don't want to go. We don't want to play this game because none of them wanted to get stuck quarantined in Canada over the holidays. So they went up there. They played the game. They were really 
nervous about playing a game. Tested the day of the game in Winnipeg. Then they they play the game, win the game, get out of there. As they cross air, you know, into American airspace, it was like the movie Argo. <laughs> they're right. all, they're, we're out. We made it. We're out. They go to Minnesota for a back-to-back game, back-to-back days. They test in Minnesota the morning of the game. They got the results of the test from Minnesota back before they got the results of the test they took in Winnipeg the day before. The league cannot let this kind of crap happen. Yeah. That's yeah. insanity, and then no one's talked about that. Yeah, no, great point there. And again, you know, the NBA is dealing with this to a small fraction because you know you're dealing with Toronto, only one team. But again, you're talking about a good portion of your league is is across the Canadian border here. DC, we it, just saw it, pal. I mean, yeah. the Browns. I mean, that their season's on the line. Yeah. Basically, you're playing without Mayfield. The Washington last same night, thing. They yeah. go, oh, Garrett Gilbert. Okay. Yeah. What happens? We, I mean, I, somebody on Twitter, you know, I'm a Bills guy, right? And says, some lady put in caps, put Josh Bubble, uh, Josh Allen in a bubble wrap now. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, what happens when we get to wild card weekend or the conference championship and one of the quarterbacks goes down then? It's not like it can't happen. Yeah. And the college football playoff. Uh, could be affected too. They said today that they have a window for the championship game of January 10th through the 14th. But beyond the 14th, forget about it. If there what? are teams, if there are teams that are don't have enough players, it'll be a forfeit. Now think that's about that. Stupid. But that's the word that came down. I know well, it's it's all nonsense. Well, the Texas A and M thing happens yeah. this morning. Oh jeez. Okay, yeah. they don't have enough guys. They're not going to play the Gator Bowl. What's the date on it? Yeah. Is it the 31st? Uh, Christmas Eve, yeah. Okay. Right, right. Against Wake Forest. So they've got basically nine days. They're saying we can't play the game. All right, I get it. They can't practice and prep for the game, right? But that's still a ways out. They're saying can't play the game. Wake Forest says we want to play. We're looking for a team. Well, what are you going to do? You're going to go get some five and six bowl ineligible team and have them be a 40-point favorite? Yeah. They're saying the only way it's going to work – is they'll sit there, not wishing ill will on anyone. They're going to sit there and see if the same thing that happens to Texas A&M, that situation befalls another team. Yeah. So then there's a quality team, and they can't play in their bowl. Hey, we got another bowl. Like, okay, that's good, I guess. But wait a minute. if I, You still have the vacancy of that bowl. It's like, so you can have the, two the, bowls the, with the one team. team. The team yeah. that, that all of a sudden we're, we're borrowing in the other bowls. bowl going – why am I going to the Gator Bowl? You yeah. come to me. Right. So now you got yeah. the Bulls fighting yeah. with each other. Why don't they just say the Gator Bowl, we're moving it to January 4th. You're playing LSU Kansas State after uh-huh. all this other crap's being right. played. Why don't you just move that back well, I'll, and I'll they tell can you why. play? Because, see, that scenario is a totally different scenario than the college football playoff uh, because you're getting a Texas A&M team is using the COVID, in my opinion, as an excuse because they got their top running back Hey, I'm getting ready for the NFL draft. My quarterback, starting quarterback, started 10 games. You know, uh, Calzada, uh, I'm going transfer portal. We got all these other injuries. You know what? We don't have enough scholarship players. How many people are really affected at Texas A&M? Now, reports say there's about 10. As you know as well as I do, how many people suit up in a college football game? 90? Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? Yep. Don't have enough players? No. Their AD comes out today and says, oh, we've got, uh, you know, we, we, we have only 38. Well, go play with 38, and guess what? you got about 28 walk-ons you could play as well, too. They just don't want to play the game because they got blown out their last two games. I mean, and not that you couldn't get in an aisle nine of Smiths or Albertsons. Right. Right, but I mean, 
the way this thing's going right now, doesn't it stand to reason that maybe more kids opt out of this? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Which, you know, we're going to be hearing more about this bowl nonsense, too, because we're already seeing teams saying, well, you know, you know, my, you know, I'm, my, uh, our linebacker or our uh, running back, our quarterback, he's going to get ready for the NFL draft. We, we can't have him play. We've, we've seen this over the last few years. Now you add other injuries. You add COVID on top of it. Yeah, it's just more of a mess. And again, with no real legislation in college sports, this is what we get. It's listen, a nightmare. Listen, it's. I think we're to the point, and we, you know, we're sports. We talk sports. What are we? An idiot like I. What do I know? <laughs> but I mean, we're to the point now. Cut, cut to the chase. I don't know. Uh, you you came with an Argo reference and a Gong show within thirty eight seconds. Yeah. That's strong. But uh, no, very I, strong. A, a listener had to bail me out on Argo. I couldn't remember the name of the movie. Is it's one word? I can't remember it. Argo. And I said, and I, you know why it's called Argo? Uh, Alan Arkin. Alan Arkin. Argo. Argo. Yeah, yeah. Argo, <laughs> F yourself. Argo, F yourself. Yeah. I mean, say that. Yeah, there you go. Um, but, uh, but but great reference to that movie. The guys at Airspace, they're all, yeah! <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was nice, very nice. So, uh, I think, are we not just all to the point where we're all going to get it? <laughs> I, I mean, is that... I got boosted, baby. I'm feeling good, all right? I'm invincible. There's another I movie mean, reference. I don't know. I mean, how do we get out of hey, this mess? It's hey, if I say I'm invincible, I'm invincible. I got, that's why I got the booster. Can I get a ding, please? Give me a ding. Make me feel better. Thank you very little. Uh, all right, last night's Pretty game. Pretty much they're just going to put a stint in you for the fifth yeah, and sixth uh, and seventh one. Yeah, I don't want to hear that. Let's still say the word stint. Golden Knights play Tampa Bay. Yeah. Great game last night. 4-3. Golden Knights blow a 3-1 lead in this contest. Uh, talk a little bit about what your eyes saw with this game last night. It was a great game. Yeah. And they played well. Um, we always talk about Vegas as being this resilient team. They did, they showed it on the island. They gave up the go-ahead goal twice. One was disallowed. They gave up, but they tied it. We've always seen these guys. We talk about that being one of their best attributes is they're resilient. That's what good teams do. Tampa Bay, they didn't have all their guys either. They were down 3-1. How many times have we seen Vegas get goals? Boom, boom. So they tied it. Mm-hmm. Then they went and they got a goal and they won it. All right. So what? You lost. It's it's, it's a but but like I, I just I get a little. It's just a game. Maybe it's more than a game though because you always want to know where do you stack up against. They're the they're the gold right. standard, right? Mm-hmm. And I get it. I mean, when you're breaking down a game, like wow, you know, we got beat by a goalie. Well, well, well I you're talking to the wrong guy. When you say it's that. one regular season game, no, you know? because listen, I was I was there every night. We were doing the broadcast. I watched Dominic Hasek single handedly win hockey games. He's their best player. They paid them to be paid him to be their best player. Well, don't act like well the goalie stole one on us. He's their best player. Don't use it as an excuse. He beats you, right? Right. That's what they're paying him to do. Absolutely, right. He got one of the best. Uh, that's why he's there. Give him credit. Playing, playing simple. Four three last but, I night. I mean, listen. The thing I'm scared about hmm. is Stone. I mean, Stone got hit. He crawled back to the bench, and then he came back out and he played. and He got a goal. Then he was gone. Now, could be you know, Charlie Horse. Uh, you know, whatever tightened up. It's a nothing burger. <laughs> but DeBoer said he tweaked. He tweaked whatever was bugging him before. I mean, I, I'm worried about Stone because he was in distress when he went to the bench. Yeah. He was able to come back. But Two goals last night for Mark Stone. Yeah. Listen, man, this team, here's the thing. We're getting into this, like, 
fun debates with the callers on the hockey show. Stevenson, the way this guy's playing, that line just got 10 points in a game 10 days ago. Jack Eichel's not playing between Stone and Pacioretty. Don't touch that line. That line's fine. Now you're sitting there going, and when Eichel gets here, whoever he plays with, he's going to make them better. He got Jeff Skinner $72 million. He had him $9 million a year. The guy scored 43 goals. Then he stopped playing with Eichel, and he can't shoot it into the ocean. You know, so Eichel's coming. I mean, you're going to have three, you're going to have two number one lines, and if they, none of them go, Carlson, Marchstone, and Smith, a high-end second line. Two ones and a high-end second line. This team's loaded. How much does Leonard concern you, or does he? Well, any goalie is, when you get to the playoffs, it's defense, goaltending, and special teams. When, Tampa Bay won the Cup last year. When you think of Tampa Bay, you think Kucherov and all these goals. They won the Cup last year with guys like Yanni Gord and Kalorn and Vasilevsky. They, they were winning games 2 nothing, 2-1. It, when in the playoffs, it, that Leonard's got to do yeah. it. He's, I mean, I'm not saying I'm concerned about it, but that's that's where it resides. Now, you I think, know, I, I mean, think fans listen, are concerned I, about it. Should listen, be, yeah. Hey, last year, everybody acts like this didn't happen. Leonard showed up and played the game in Montreal, saved the season, stole the game, got it back to Vegas. They went back to Flurry. Yeah. Why did you do that? I mean, Leonard, they should have played Leonard again in that game because he just stood, he stood on his head and stole the game. So he's done it in the playoffs in the past. It's But the, here's the difference. It's him. He's not sitting there playing a game of uh, Twister with Laurent Bossois. Leonard's playing every night in right. the playoffs. It's a right. different animal. You're not looking over your shoulder. Twister, Charlie Horse, Nothing Burger, Gong Show, Argo. Uh-huh. Brian Blessing. You catch him here. It's a, it's a dog's breakfast. It's a, a dog's breakfast. You don't know what you're going to get. <laughs> oh, this show. Oh, it's my show. Oh, yeah. Chuck Barris, my man. Oh. That was that show was so awesome. The, the best. The best. Justin didn't have any clue? I, way before his time. I think he has no clue. It was lunchtime, wasn't it? Yeah. Lunchtime. The, sh- the gong show was on at lunchtime. It wasn't a primetime show. It was like a lunchtime thing. It was like Jeopardy and Gong Show well, they, they, were on at lunchtime. They they did have a nighttime version as well, a, a, a late afternoon version. They did have a, a morning or lunchtime show version as so well, too. Yeah. stupid. Oh, it was great. Oh, come on. You love Gene Gene, the dancing machine. It was great. Right? The best. It was great. The best. Exactly. Uh, if you ever get a chance to see the YouTube, the, the documentary of, a, of Chuck Barris's, you know, that's pretty crazy stuff there, man. He's a too. CIA guy, wasn't he? Yeah. He was a nut He's, job. He, he, Beautiful. Love he, that guy. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, there's one guy you wouldn't. Yeah, you'd be looking at him going. Yeah, he's not too threatening. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I just tell you, oh, ladies and gentlemen, you got to listen. Brian Blessing, he's here two hours. I love his show. Then again, I love wet toilet seats, too. Ah! Yeah, a, there you go. <laughs> Famous Chuck Ferris line. Oh, wet toilet seat, man. Yeah, exactly. All right, man, I'll let you get out of here, man. Hey, I, pre- I appreciate you. you it's uh, always fun. Again. He's, you got a good one in this guy. Yeah, he's all right. He's, he's, he's a keeper. He's, you know, like I said, he was a street free agent. And he's he's come up, he's battled yeah. his way, he got fought for some playing time, and now he's become a starter, and he's on the All Star ballot well, right now. I run my own board. You're a big shot. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, every now and again, I'm 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 hitting the hitting the hey, bu- the buttons with my elbows. That, that's on you. That's your fault. No, I know. But yeah. If I if I was working in NORAD, we wouldn't be talking about COVID. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> very nice. <laughs>
Where's Stevie Slapshot? Bring him back. He's having a personality bypass. Is that what he's doing? Yeah, the first five didn't take. <laughs> That's nice. There it is. There he is. There's a gong show. Give me the gong. Give me the, I'm going to gong this guy right now. I'm going to gong him right out of here. Oh, there it is. All right, thank you very much, Rex Reed. That's it. We'll see you later. <laughs> That's my show right there. This is it. Gene Gene the Dance Machine right now. This this is what he'd come out to. And then don't forget that. Oh, ladies keep clapping my hands. Because that's all Chucky did. Chucky, Chucky, Chucky. And don't forget the unknown comic. Are you kidding me? Unknown comic fantastic. Murray, whatever his name was. Yeah, very nice. I just saw him a few years ago. Yeah. <laughs> All right, there he is. Brian Blessing, catch him. Of course, uh, Vegas Hockey Hotline, Sportsbook Radio. Uh, he's here. From 12 to 2, Monday through Friday, precedes this show right here. Uh, good stuff. And all of your Vegas School Nights uh, hockey stuff for him. All right, uh, like we mentioned, we're going to talk some college football with Steve Berline and Trevor Maddich coming up. But uh, here's the breaking news. Uh, college football policy is now in place that a team can advance to the playoff and win the championship game by a forfeit. Now, this is in response to the surging numbers of COVID-19, the Omicron that is just spreading rapidly here, and like we just talked about with Brian Blessing, affecting the NHL schedule, uh, affecting the NFL schedule, and the NBA, of course, they, they postponed more games here again tonight as well, too. So college football not wanting to basically lose this championship format that they have. Uh, but then again, they're saying, hey, health and safety is the most important, but they're not going to wait around. They're not going to go for postponements because, as we know, college football has really fought this expanded playoff for such a long time. And we go back, they have just fought a playoff, period. Remember, it took forever just to get to two teams. Okay, reluctantly, they'll go to four teams. And now, reluctantly, they're probably going to have to go to eight teams. But they are not into playing meaningful football games, or any football games for that matter, past the 1st of January. They don't like it. So the college football championship game has been... Right around January 7th, 8th, 9th. This year it is the 10th. But they did say today that they will postpone the game up until January 14th. But beyond that, forget about it. We're in our winter sports. We're into college basketball. Football's long enough. These guys have been playing since the spring. They're going through training camp in the summer. Playing college football games that count. And the standings at the end of August, they're done with it. So they put in place this policy that says that a team can advance in the playoff and actually win the championship game by a forfeit. Here's a statement from college football, uh, (laughs) the committee, as we like to say, because you don't have really any hierarchy here whatsoever. If one team is able to play in the title game and the other can't because of COVID-19 and the game can't be rescheduled, the team that can't play will forfeit and its opponent will be declared the national champion. 
If both teams can't play on either the original or the rescheduled date, the game will be declared a no contest. And the college football playoff national championship will be vacated for this season. We talk about all of this for the last four months, how college football has done a fantastic job, got all the games in, no postponements, fantastic job. Now here we come to the most meaningful part of the season, the bowl games, okay? And then the college football playoff, the two games. We've got Georgia and Cincinnati. We've got, uh, rather, I'm sorry, we've got Alabama and Cincinnati, right? And we've got Georgia and Michigan. Can hardly wait for these games. Now, college football committee comes out and says, well, you know, we might have to institute, institute a forfeit. No more postponements. We're seeing what the NFL's doing. We're not on board with that. Forget about it. Forfeits in place here. All right. We'll see how this thing plays out. The semifinals, December the 31st. Like we said, Alabama-Cincinnati, 12.30 p.m. Pacific time. That will be played in the Cotton Bowl, Jerry's World. Michigan and Georgia at 4.30 Pacific, 7.30 in the East Coast. That is the Orange Bowl game this year. If one of those four teams is unable to play because of the COVID-19 outbreak, the unavailable team will forfeit the game, and its opponent will advance to the national championship via forfeit. That's what we're talking about here. All right. Other news here. The Gator Bowl is missing a team. Wake Forest and Texas A&M. That's the game. Actually, I was kind of looking forward to this game. But Texas A&M is out. Not having enough scholarship players available due to COVID-19 and their outbreak at Texas A&M. Or is it? I'm going to say it's not. I'm calling BS here. Texas A&M AD Ross Bjork said that the Aggies were down to 38 scholarship position players, of which 20 were offensive and defensive linemen. All right, we can do the math here. They also don't have their tight end, Jalen Watermeyer, and running back Isaiah Spiller. Oh, not because of COVID, no, because they declared for the NFL draft. And they have opted out. Their two best offensive players opted out because I'm going to get ready for the NFL draft. Also has something to do with Texas A&M being 8-4 and four and slide at the end of the season. Also, their starting quarterback, Zach Calzada, has entered the transfer portal. Something's up with that. All right. Mad at Jimbo Fisher. Who knows what? All right. So now all of a sudden it's like, wow, we don't have our starting quarterback. We don't have our all-world, all-conference running back and also one of the best tight ends in college football. Three your key guys don't have. What are we going to do? Uh, let's play the COVID card here. All right. Bjork also said that so if you take running backs, receivers, quarterbacks, and defensive backs, we had 13 of those guys and only 13 scholarship players on defense. We had over 40 guys out between COVID, season ending injuries, transfers, and opt outs. We just don't have enough. You can't put other players in there healthy at risk. Nonsense. You just said it right there. You just said it. It's not all COVID. Do you, what if you're Kansas? What if you're somebody else, okay? And you just don't have very good players. You got very good players, but a lot of your players said, you know what? We're done with this program. We don't want to play anymore. That's what's happening here. 
Don't play this COVID card. This is bad Antonio Brown. Hey, I'm going to get a fake COVID card here. You're playing a fake COVID card here is what you're doing. Sure, some people are affected with this. I get this. Some. But you know what? You play on. Some were affected during the course of the season. You didn't play this rhetoric about, well, you know, you know, we, we don't want to play a bowl game. No. Now, all of a sudden, we got our best players are declaring for the NFL draft. It's garbage. And what if you're Wake Forest? From Wake Forest's perspective here, they're number 17 in the country. They're 8-3. and three. They want to play. As they said in the Bad News Bears 2 or whatever they call it, right? You know, going to the Astrodome. Let them play. My man Bob Watson, Kenny Force, let them play in the dugout. That's what I'm talking about. No, you don't need to find that sound clip. I know you did. Even though Kelly Leak was, was awesome. Anyway, the Gator Bowl and the ACC are trying to find a team to play Wake Forest. Only way that that's going to happen, though, is if they get a team that's in the same situation as Wake from another bowl game where another team drops out. But then again, that leaves a hole in the other bowl game. This thing's a mess. It's a joke. And here's the thing. It's all avoidable. If college football had a president, if college football you know, had a, a, a true committee or an establishment that says, you know what, this is the law, this is what you're doing here, it's avoidable. You just play. How about this Texas A&M? How about, we're around the holidays here, supposed to be spreading all kinds of goodwill. How about just honor your commitment? Honor your commitment to playing in the Gator Bowl and play the game. Plain and simple. All right, we come back. Steve Berline's going to join us. We talk NFL. Trevor Match will join us next hour. We'll get his thoughts about this fiasco in college football as well, too. T.C. Martin Show on a wild Wednesday. Get out that ghetto blast There's more in store around your door and more of what you're looking for with the Dr. T.C. Martin. Shout out to my guy Joe Sands in the building here today. Joe, engineer extraordinaire, does a great job on the Golden Knights games uh, as well, too. Joe's all over town. All the events, you know, we got going on, so appreciate him. All right, uh, we're doing it for you here on this Wednesday. This is almost like a leftover Terrible Tuesday where I'm venting my frustrations about, you know, college football, the NFL, the NHL, everything else that's going on here. So we'll we'll continue on. And uh, join us now. Is the quarterback himself our very good friend? He is the Monday NFL quarterback, or I should say the NFL Monday quarterback, Steve Berline, CBS Sports Network, Trent Green, Rich Gannon, Steve Berline calling the shots. There it is. I don't know. Who is the first string quarterback on that show? That's what I need to know. Who's the first, second string, and, and who's the, the practice squad guy? Boy. Well, it depends on who you ask. Yeah, depends gonna... on who you ask. <laughs> uh, Steve... Yesterday, uh, we we had it was just myself in the studio with Adam Shine, and we had Kevin Carter, um, the former defensive end. I was going to say, yeah, um, you know, all pro defensive end. Yeah, uh, came in. Rich Rich Gann and Trent Green both were. Um, on uh, assignment, we'll just say that they were they had uh, conflicts, um, and so we had a we had a really good show. Kevin Carter and the history there was it was kind of fun. We we had a lot of fun with it because uh, he played for the Rams during the time that I was starting quarterback for the Panthers, and we were both in the NFC West at that time, believe it or not. And uh, so we played them twice a year, and uh, he. he 
he uh, he got to me fairly often during those games. We we were very competitive, but uh, the '99 season was the year that the Rams won the Super Bowl, and he was right in his prime. And we uh, had a right tackle that that was completely psyched out from him and couldn't block him. And uh, Kevin Carter used to land on top of me, and he was the most uh, polite defensive player I've ever played against. He he would he would smash me. Land on top of me, and then he would kind of whisper in my ear, "Hey, you okay, Berline? I hope I didn't hurt you on that one. <laughs> Let me help you up. Are you okay?" <laughs> I'm okay, man. Thank you. Just you're getting a little bit irritating here. He was so, a Florida okay. guy too. I, I can't believe the Florida guy was uh, that nice, you know, to a Notre Dame guy. You know? Yeah, he was. He was very nice. But then he would also tell me, as as he was helping me get back up, he'd say, "You know." Your, your boy can't block me. You do know that. I won't be seeing you all day. <laughs> yes, I'm aware of that fact. Yes, thank you, though, for confirming it. So, so, so who was the guy that, you know, you just you would hate to get a sack from because the guy was either just going to talk some trash to you, going to get that extra little nudge in, a guy you really kind of despise a little bit. There has to be at least one of those guys. You know, there there were a bunch of them. <laughs> I, you know, I I didn't enjoy it from any of them really. Yeah. And uh, but there there really was nobody that, um, you know, inflicted more pain, shall we say, or or, or you know ha- had a the ability to make you hurt more than anybody else. It was just the guys that were hitting you all the time. Yeah. The ones that were really hard to block, and uh, we had a lot of problems when. Uh, when I was with the Panthers, especially uh, with Kevin Carter, and then in New Orleans, they had uh, you remember Leroy Glover? Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Leroy Glover was a perennial All Pro. He was a beast of a nose guard, and uh, we we tried everything to contain that guy, but uh, he just made life miserable for us, and would would often find himself in in my face as well. And um, you know, great, super great guy again. But just really hard to block for our center, and um, and he caused a lot of stress for me, for sure. So I didn't like those were two of the guys. And then of course when I was very young, uh, I played a lot against uh, uh, a few times against Lawrence Taylor, and and he was you know obviously one of a kind and a guy that that just required your full offensive game plan to be centered around where was he on the field at that particular time. Right. How about my, my guy, my buddy Gilbert Brown? He ever get you? You know, Gilbert Brown, uh, I don't know if he ever got to me. I, don't, I know he didn't sack me. Okay. You know, he wasn't much of a pass rusher. Right. He'd get that grave digger dance, though, you know, in there. He, he'd get that going. So I didn't know if he, you know, got the grave digger on you one time. But you're right. Not a whole bunch of sacks. But when he did, he'd celebrate him. <laughs> tell you this, that one time the worst, the worst that I remember, uh, the worst like split second uh, re- realization that I had was at one point uh, we were playing the Bears in the preseason in Chicago, uh, and I don't know what year it must have been in the you know mid mid nineties, and uh, I fumbled a snap, and the, in order to get the ball, I, I kind of I had to grab it, and then I kind of rolled over and looked up to see William Perry refrigerator 
doing a, a, a complete belly flop right on top of it. <laughs> oh, no. So that that was a horrific feeling, looking up at that, coming flying through the air, getting ready to land on top of me. See, so, and, and uh, just so you know, that was actually his audition for the WWF in WrestleMania. By the, hey, remember when I he splashed <laughs> Burline? Vince McMahon said, that's our guy. We got to get him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he, he knew... He knew the uh, the terror that he would be imposing on people with you know when he when that that full you know three hundred and sixty three hundred seventy pounds whatever it was 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 on its way down. He, he knew that it was, and he tried to use every damn pound of it. Too. Right. Trust me, great stuff with uh, Steve Berline. Uh, some old reminiscing here. There you go. All right, man. Hey, I got to get some thoughts from the game on Sunday where the Tampa Bay Buccaneers got zero against the, the Saints. And you mentioned the Saints a little a little earlier, but uh, three field goals, ugly game, no touchdowns. These two teams combined for 17 punts in this game. And why do the Saints just happen to have the Buccaneers number, no matter what year it is, Steve, no matter if the, the Saints are not even think you know, not even thinking about the playoffs here. And here here comes Tampa Bay with, you know, one of three teams that, you know, had three losses coming into this game, but Brady and company could not get anything done. Yeah, you know, it, it's one of those things that is very, very hard to explain and understand. Uh there just are matchups that certain teams seem to uh, be able to exploit and, and take advantage of and, and play really well um, for who knows what the reasons are. But the last two years in Tampa, uh, the, the Saints have beaten the Buccaneers 38 to three and nine to nothing. So I mean that's in Tampa. I mean, we're talking about the team that won the Super Bowl last year. So it, it doesn't make any sense. Um, I do believe that the Saints may find their way into the playoffs. I mean. You look at what they've got remaining schedules, pretty favorable for them. Um, and they're one of those teams at, at uh, seven and seven right now. Uh, but they're right there on that cusp of getting in and, and very well might do it. But, but it, it's not going to be because of, um, you know, Taysom Hill and the way that he's playing. A lot of people are thinking that Taysom Hill might play himself into the starting job. But I, I have zero doubt that, that, that uh, Sean Payton is not looking at Taysom Hill as being his uh, quarterback of the future, it just it's, it's played itself out. I think he he's a guy that's going to be there and going to be a factor for the New Orleans Saints, but he cannot uh, lead that that franchise uh, into the into the future. I don't think as the uh, quarterback of, of the New Orleans Saints. Um, but uh, you know he 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 protected the football. Uh, he didn't make many plays in the passing game. Didn't make many plays in the run game. But when you've got the running game that they do have with Kamara and Ingram. Uh, and and him uh, as as a running threat, uh, and and they're playing good defense, is which they are. If you protect the ball, uh, you're going to be in most games. And so, um, you know, the bottom line is that they they just seem to have that confidence going against Tampa Bay. And uh, Brady obviously very very frustrated. You can see him chirping at the other players, chirping at the coaches, chirping at the referees, throwing uh, his his tablet down. Uh, uh, you know he he's he doesn't like getting handled like that, and it's it's been a little bit too frequent against the New Orleans Saints, I'm sure. Yeah, and when you look at Tampa, I'm sure okay things will all be well this week. Uh, it'll get better because they play Carolina. But big picture here with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, we know how tough it is to repeat. But 
when you look at this team, and granted, there are injuries here now. You got Leonard Fournette that exited the game on Sunday night. Mike Evans got hurt. Chris Godwin out for uh, the year. Antonio Brown is coming back. I guess that's another story in itself. Uh, Bruce Arians, you know, is, is all on board with that again. But big picture here, how far do you think Tampa Bay goes? You know, that's a great question. I, I think the NFC is completely up for grabs right now. Um, I'm a I'm a big believer in the Rams. Um, even though they didn't look that great last night, I didn't, I didn't think, uh, but you know, between Arizona, Green Bay, the Rams and, uh, Tampa Bay, you got to throw Dallas in there as well. But I think they're a fifth, uh, fifth place team out of, out of those five teams. Uh, but, but, you know, Tampa with Tom Brady, um, even if they are a little bit shorthanded with Godwin out, we don't know the significance of Evans or Fournette. Uh, he is he has won a lot of games shorthanded over over the course of his career. Um, I wouldn't put anything past him, uh, but I surely would not put the Tampa Bay Buccaneers right now ahead of the Green Bay Packers. I think the Packers are probably playing the best out of all those teams right now. And then it's just kind of Arizona, Tampa Bay, St. Louis, or uh, uh, L.A. Rams. I think uh, whoever is healthiest and hottest. Uh, at the right time is gonna is gonna you know challenge Green Bay for it. I think we got to put the Niners in this conversation too, and, and I want to get your thoughts about the Niners traveling to Tennessee tomorrow. Uh, this Niner team has looked really rock solid. Garoppolo's played surprisingly well, and then on the other side, Tennessee. I mean, I thought Tennessee would get the job done last week in Pittsburgh. They were off to that great start, but then. Lo and behold, four turnovers later, and the Pittsburgh Steelers get another kind of a, I don't want to say a gift win, but that's what happened with them a couple weeks ago against the Ravens, and now Pittsburgh's hanging around. But uh, what do you think about the Niners? And then let's talk about the game tomorrow night, Niners in Tennessee. Well, I think the Niners are a dangerous football team, without a doubt. Um, and and they are that, that next tier. But as we've seen many times in the past, including you know last year with, with Tampa Bay, uh, teams that get hot at the right time uh, can get in as that wild card and make that run to the Super Bowl. And uh, you know, I think the 49ers definitely can do it. The way that they're uh, the way that they're built with their commitment to running the football and the many different ways that they do run the football. You know, now with Debo Samuel doing it uh, out of the backfield and also on jet sweeps and reverses and things like that, uh, they've got a lot of talent on that football team between Kittle and Ayuk and. Uh, Debo Samuel, along with a lot of uh, different types of running backs, um, they're healthy now, and they're healthy defensively, and they're playing with a real nasty attitude on defense. Uh, I think Kyle Shanahan has got to be really happy with where that team is right now, uh, and they, I think they're solid. Uh, they're a solid bet to make it into the playoffs, and then from that point, I don't think anybody wants to deal with them, but uh, uh, I, I don't pick them yet to be uh, – uh, a team that you can say, hey, I, I really like them to take it all the way. But I, I really look at them as a team that can cause a lot of problems for whoever. I don't think there's any team they don't match up well against. And, yeah. and there aren't many teams you can say that about. And then as far as tomorrow goes, boy, this is one the Titans absolutely have to have. I mean, uh, you, you think about it, and, and they, they've swept the Indianapolis Colts. So they've basically got a, um, uh, you know, a three-game lead on the Colts if they end up uh, with a tie uh, because of the fact that they beat them head-to-head both times. So uh, I, I still find it hard to believe that they won't be able to win that division. But the way they're playing right now, I have zero confidence that they can 
they can show up and beat anybody right now, uh, the way that they're playing. And, and uh, Ryan starts with Ryan Tannehill. You know, you're, that's a guy that uh, over the previous two seasons with Arthur Smith as his offensive coordinator had 55 touchdown passes against 13 interceptions. This year, he's thrown 14 only, and he's thrown 14 touchdowns and 14 interceptions. Yeah, yeah. So crazy. He's thrown more interceptions at this point this year than he did over the last two years combined, and it's not getting any better. And then they don't have – they're missing Derrick Henry. They're missing A.J. Brown. Uh, you know, defensively, they've been very average lately, uh, although they played well enough to win this past week against Pittsburgh. But I, I would not be comfortable picking them uh, at all right now uh, in, in a type of game like tomorrow night, even at home. Uh, but against the 49ers team that's playing really well. I like the 49ers. Yeah, and for all the reasons you just said, that's why the Niners are a road favorite in this game, a three-point road favorite. And a lot of people think, whoa, you know, Tennessee, a home dog, pretty live here. But for all the reasons you just mentioned, Steve, again, the injuries, the way Tannehill's playing and everything, and then the hotness of the uh, San Francisco 49ers. Uh, Christmas Day. Uh, a fantastic game coming Saturday night, so make sure you get you know all your 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 food done a little bit early because you got to nestle up here uh, by your old fireplace or whatever. And Indianapolis is taking on the Cardinals. I don't know what to make of this Cardinal team. Talk about laying an egg last week. I don't know if it was you know taking Detroit lightly. Well, you know we, we're, we're we're traveling. We're playing an early morning game. Uh, look past him. Who knows what? But that's two weeks in a row the Cardinals have looked bad. Kyler Murray did not look good at all and this Colts team just keeps getting it done and I think this Colts uh, defense is really a sleeper and they could give Arizona all kinds of problems here uh, what are your thoughts Indy and Arizona well, on Christmas night really in my opinion uh, the Colts and I've been I have not given up on them all year I thought they were going to be a Super Bowl contender going into the season uh, even after their terrible start I was like hey, this team can get to 10 wins if if Carson Wentz can just wake up, and I'm a, I'm a big Carson Wentz fan, I always have been. He's made it very difficult on me this year because I I thought this was going to be a perfect scenario for him under Frank Reich uh, with that running game, with that defense. Uh, I, I thought he would really uh, get himself into a groove. It just hasn't happened. Now remember, he he did go into the season. He didn't play any preseason games. He had those ankle injuries that were bothering him for through at least the first two or three weeks of the season. Uh, but he's back healthy now, and there's really no excuse for him. For And Frank Reich, you can see by the way that game went the other night, He Frank Reich is afraid to put the ball in Carson Wentz's hands right now. He There were a lot of times in that game where where uh, you could just see the wheel spinning with Frank Reich saying, should I take a chance to let him throw the football anywhere <laughs> at this point in the game? And and uh, you know that that's not a good that's not a good vibe for the Colts. If they want to be able to take it as far as they can, they they've got to open it up a little bit. And Carson Wentz is going to have to start making some plays in the passing game and show that he he can be counted on in those tough situations. Uh, I think Arizona is going to come out ready to play in this game. I really do think it's going to be one of the best games, if not the best game of the week, because both teams have so much to play for, and they're both really talented football teams. So I wouldn't even want to make a pick on that one. I'm, I'm just I'm not going to touch that one. Uh, I think it's going to be a great football game, and I'll give the edge to Indianapolis if Carson Wentz 
can step up and play a decent football game. Steve, you got any concerns about Kyler Murray? Because that's two weeks in a row. I, I get it against the Rams defense two weeks ago, but against Detroit, I mean, he looked lost. He looked terrible two weeks in a row here. I know he's coming off the injury, and this Cardinal team is not the same team that we saw five, six, seven weeks ago. What are your thoughts about Murray? Well, we can't remember. We can't forget. Excuse me. How how, how young Kyler Murray still is. He, he's still uh, a really young quarterback in terms of his overall development. Uh, you know, he had that mentality. I think through the first seven weeks of the season, when they were seven and zero, that that they had it all figured out. And I think the natural progression, TC, for a lot of these young guys, it happens to everybody at some point. They think that they've got it figured out. Start getting that confidence. Maybe sometimes it's a little bit overconfident and then all of a sudden they get hit in the mouth and teams start figuring them out and they go through a little stretch like what Arizona Cardinals are going through right now what Kyler Murray is going through now losing three of his last four games all of a sudden he doesn't feel invincible anymore and all of a sudden he's thinking a little bit he's hesitating a little bit Uh, I I don't think his ankle is causing him any trouble I, I think that they gave him more than enough time to get that back in you know to where he's very close to 100%, if if not 100%. You know, very few guys are at this point in the season. So you can't use that excuse. Uh, he's just not been the same player with his feet or with his arm uh, since he's come back from that injury. And, and it's, uh, it, it's a little bit you know, concerning to me for sure. Uh, and, and I think Cliff Klingsbury has got to really do a good job of getting that guy's confidence back up, get him into the flow early, get some good things to happen for – um, you know, for Kyler Murray early, and obviously it would help to have DeAndre Hopkins out there, as, you know, as a, as one of his primary targets as well. So we'll see how that all plays out. All right, great stuff from the quarterback himself, Steve Berline, NFL Monday quarterback on uh, the CBS Sports Network uh, Mondays at three o'clock with Rich Gannon and Trent G- Green. All right, uh, two of your former teams are squaring up here at Allegiant Stadium: Raiders and the Broncos. Teddy Bridgewater officially out. Uh, the concussion protocol still happening and everything. Drew Locke is in. Drew Locke came here last year, Steve, and threw four interceptions, and the Broncos got run out of uh, Allegiant Stadium. No fans in the stands, 37-12. That was really the last time the Raiders had an impressive performance at home. Uh, what do you think happens in this game? We know the Raiders, again, beat Cleveland, and that was just an ugly win. But, hey, as Al Davis said, as you know, just win, baby. Uh, Broncos lost to... Cincinnati uh, in Mile High. Uh, both these teams need this game. Loser leave town match. Losers eliminated, basically. Yeah, it really is. It's one of those games that uh, both teams still have a flicker of hope. Um, I, I don't. I'm not confident that either one of them uh, it, it really has the legitimate shot at getting in. I think uh, both the Chiefs and the Chargers will uh, will get in before either of those two teams. And a lot of things obviously have to happen. Uh, to allow either the Broncos or the Raiders to slip in as a third team from the AFC West. But I, I was impressed, even though it was an ugly game, like you said, the other night uh, in Cleveland. Uh, and even though Cleveland was incredibly shorthanded with all that they've been through with COVID and all that stuff, um, you know, the Raiders showed some moxie in coming back and, and with that game winning drive and getting that field goal to win the game and keep their hopes alive. You know, they had every reason in the world to fold up Fold up the tent and, and, and uh, you know, and not perform and produce at that time. But Derek Carr uh, and the rest of that team uh, hung in there and they found a way to get it done. So I commend them for that. Uh, I, I believe that 
with the state of the Broncos right now with Drew Locke. I've got zero confidence in him uh, as a quarterback uh, right now. He's not giving me any reason to believe that he can put, you know, even, uh, uh, you know, a, a, a decent game together at this point. So uh, if, if I had to pick at home, I would go with, uh, I would go with the Raiders uh, over the Broncos in this game. Uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if it were to go either way. But I would definitely say that I, I, I expect the Raiders to show up and, and play a, a good football game and beat the Broncos. All right. I look forward to it. And the Raiders finally get a 125 game. I think it's the first one all year. Usually they get stuck in that 105 uh, slot. Uh, they get 125 Raiders and Broncos coming up on Sunday. Looking forward to that. All right. He is Steve Berline. So, Steve, uh, real quick, just to let you know, I was uh, doing some Christmas shopping, uh, not only, you know, for family and stuff, but for, for myself. And uh, I, they had a clearance rack, and I picked up a, a Speedo. Uh, and I figured, okay, this is going to be great for part of Ironist. So I just want to let you know i picked up the speedo for for puerto Varda. i i <laughs> i am absolutely what? speechless i mean i mean i i don't know what you, you you're looking for out of me on that one but um, it's not positive it's not positive <laughs> i can tell you that right now <laughs> there it is uh, did I tell you I was going to Puerto Vallarta? I'm actually going to Cabo. Cabo? I got it wrong. It was Mexico, so I was I was just uh, I was at the no, wrong no, I, end. I, My bad. Yeah. You're actually right. I, I'm just telling you to go to Cabo. Oh, there it is. I don't want you anywhere near. I'm in Puerto Vallarta. I don't want you anywhere near me. You go to Cabo. I know. I remember. I wasn't invited. That's why I said that. Just giving you a bad time, man. All right. There we go, man. We got it all. In this first hour, we talked everything. We even talked the gong show. Steve Burrell, you had to be a gong show fan back in the day, weren't you? Yeah, I was. There you go. We we got a little Gene Gene the Dancing Machine will we'll take us out, brother. So enjoy uh, your holiday. Merry Christmas to you and everyone, my friend. Be good. And uh, we look forward to talking with you hopefully next week. Take care. Have fun. Have a good week. You too, brother. Be good. All right. Travel, yeah. travel safe, my man. All right. Steve Berline. When we come back, Trevor Maddich joins us. We'll get his thoughts on the whole college football fiasco, what's happening with all that. That and a whole lot more coming your way. Hour number two, T.C. Martin Show.